You can see from the psalm reading um, today about God giving the land of Canaan to God's people in the wilderness as they inherited that, and God gave that land to Abraham. You can see why the Zionist movement from the late 1800s into the 19-teens in World War One, and then eventually in 1948 and other um, movements to establish the Jewish people in the land of Israel and Palestine. You can see the the way that people could easily see a trajectory from those prophecies, those Psalms, and even our text in Ezekiel today, to why, uh, why a certain group of people that historically lived in a certain place should be reestablished, not just because it's better for them or better for anybody else, but because it is, in fact, what God set out from the beginning. Um, and this is, the, this is the, the question of Ezekiel is um, should, should children be punished for their parents' sins? It's very clear in the Old Testament that children should not be punished for their parents' sins. Um, it's very clear in our law code as well, um, in the modern day, that just because a child does something that the parent um, shouldn't, shouldn't be guilty, or the children shouldn't be guilty for what the parents do. Um, and yet Ezekiel's argument is that, that the children are doing it too, it's not just the, the parents that did something awful. It's that the children have, in fact, done awful things, too. And these are not children in the sense of, like, little kids. This is, just means descendants, the grown-ups who have descended from the other grown-ups. Um, the, the little proverb that he mentions, the parents have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. Um, Hard to know exactly what that means, but I think it's very simple. The simplest explanation is the best. When a parent eats something that's sour, the children feel it too. Because um, one, they're sharing the food of their parents, uh, maybe um, even in a more con closely connected way than that. But the, the issue is that, um, that God is working with everybody in this situation, both parents and children. And it does seem like children are suffering for the sins of their parents. But God's argument, or Ezekiel's argument, as God speaks through him, is that, in fact, the connection is so close that they're impossible to separate. That when God's judgment falls, God's judgment falls on everybody equally. And that is um, an occasion not for uh, injustice, but for repentance, that when this kind of judgment falls, this exile that they've had to go through, when this exile has happened, um, the, the, the response should be repentance. Because it's something everybody could do. You can see that the, the kind of relationship God wants with God's people from last reading was a heart relationship. One where there was love and affection and kindness. Um, but in this, this, um, this segment, we see a, a wholly different thing. That... What God wants from God's people is behavior change, not necessarily new ideas, not necessarily uh, becoming more innovative or something like that, but to actually go back and return to the covenant that they made with God, that God made with them, a covenant of blessing, a covenant of prosperity, a covenant that was supposed to result in a lot of good things happening in their life. But as they left the covenant, as they forsook the 
issues of justice in their land as they um, decided that the, the, the pagan options around them were a lot more compelling because they offered more stuff, they offered more better crops, they offered more power for, for powerful men. And as they went after these other gods and ways of worshiping, they left the covenant, which was always supposed to be um, an equal society. Uh, the, the pagan religions of the, of the Near East or Canaan and the other surrounding areas were always about power. They were about lust and power. They in, enabled people to take as much as they possibly could from everybody. If you read the stories of the, in the Old Testament of how God's people were to live, it's a, it's a very egalitarian society. There's no, um, there are not different penalties for crimes based on who you are in the society. Almost every other law code from the ancient world had codes like if you're a rich guy and you commit a crime, you pay this amount of money. If you're a slave, a poor guy, you get executed. Um, they all had these, these um, hierarchical law codes that were based on who you were in society. But um, the law codes that God called his people to live under were equal for everybody. Um, and there was a lot of other things like that, that, that when they strayed from the covenant, they were also straying from justice. When they strayed from the covenant, they were also straying from mercy. Um, the same critique that Jesus gave the wealthy Jerusalem inhabitants was that they, they are pious, they go to church, they worship publicly, and yet they devour widows' houses. The minute they see a property uh, with someone living in it that might be a little vulnerable, they figure out a way to take it and buy it, knowing that the land in Jerusalem is infinitely valuable. And so it is in the exile that all those families lose everything. And you can see the devastation, but it was always because of what they were doing. Um, I think in the modern world, we often put thought before behavior as being more important, especially in the church world. We, we assume that that if all of us are thinking the exact same thing on every subject, then that is good, and we should we should cherish that. Whereas, um, you know, how people behave isn't so important. But in fact, in this story, behavior is more important than discourse. Behavior is more important than what you think in your head. Behavior is more important than what you believe. Even uh, behavior, the behaviors of justice, the behaviors of mercy. If you were to look at American society today and say, what are our behaviors? How do we behave? Forget what we believe about freedom, love, justice. Forget about that stuff because everybody believes in freedom. Everybody believes in justice. Everybody believes in all these things. But how do we behave? We behave by executing uh, Quentin Jones last night in Texas. That's how we behave. We behave... Um, after putting someone on death row for 21 years, as he watches 300 executions around him. Um, a model prisoner, someone who is reformed, who a jury said that he was irredeemable. That's how he got on death row, because after he committed this crime at 19 years old, a jury said he is unreformable. He is unredeemable. And if you know anything about his life from what other people have said about it or watch an interview of him, um, you can see that he has been redeemed. He's an example to his, he was an example to his fellow prisoners. He was someone that they would put new prisoners with to, to help them make the transition. And he was a mentor to them at the, in, his, in his early 40s. 
Um, and in spite of that, our behavior says that he must be killed. He must be murdered by the state, by us. Um, so when it comes to what God wants for God's people, behavior is always more important than thoughts in our heads. And we often focus more on the thoughts in our heads than on our behavior because everybody's just, everybody's loving, everybody believes in freedom if you ask them. Um, the real question is, how do we behave? And so Ezekiel's still calling, even though the exiles happen, he's still calling them back. He's still saying, come home, come back to the covenant. This is how we find peace. This is how we find the kind of life that we've always been looking for. Because God doesn't want anybody to die. God takes no pleasure even in the death of the wicked. Even in the death of the wicked, God doesn't take any pleasure, even though we might. God doesn't take any pleasure in those deaths. This is what he says, turn and live. The word turn, you know, translated as repentance, just means to turn, change directions, um, come back to the covenant, come home to the love that God has and that God, God has always offered freely and fully. And the message is still the same. Come home, come back to those basics of love, back to the kindergarten lessons of life, how to love your neighbor as yourself, to be kind, to be patient, to be interested in new things. That is what God is calling us to. Amen.